This week's guest, and I quote, says, Vinnie Vincent ruined Kiss. Wow, that was a good timing. That yeah, thing. good time. That's Liz going, everything's ready. <laughs> Who well, said- and also, too, I just want to say that you got to wait to the end because Nico's back and he told you so. Exactly. You got a big surprise that nobody, we weren't, we didn't even know. The band doesn't even know. The band's learning oh, about it just this huge, week. Huge, huge news at the end. Yep, and it won't take five years. This, this is Three Sides of the Coin. Talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to Two Sides of the Coin. We're the A-team. That's right, the A-team, <laughs> baby. It's the only ones that, that, that matter when it comes to keeping this show alive. I'm Michael Branville, and I'm joined by Mark Cicchini. We did offer Lisa the opportunity to join us, but she... Uh, had to go to practice, baseball practice for her son. Otherwise, she would have been here. The other guy, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Ooh. That's it, just the other guy. hey something like that, I <laughs> yeah. think. You know, whenever he feels like it, he waltzes in and sits down and reads a comment and then leaves. <clears throat> he checks out after that. He just exactly. sits there with that darling smile. Um, so, <laughs> real quick, before we get to this week's amazing guest which is kind of a continuation of last week's show. Um, I want to mention the Left for Dead CD is now available on Amazon. Finally. So that, yep, yep. We we apologize, but it was completely out of our control. It certainly was. It's, it's, it was all on Amazon. They were taking weeks for everybody, not just Left for Dead, to get the print-on-demand CDs set up. But they are there now, just... When you go to uh, the Left for Dead product page on Amazon, it's one of the formats you can buy a CD. Don't get your hopes up thinking you're getting this huge fold-out tray card. It's print-on-demand. You got a cover, a back cover, and a CD, but you got it on physical media. And they sound dynamite. So, and uh, you know, I I want to thank everybody. It's been uh, pretty humbling. Tons of great reviews. Tons. Matter of fact, it was nice I, because when I found out that the CD on demand um, was available, you know, I just wanted to see it because it's my band. So I just checked on it. And the first thing I see it puts a big, big five star fucking review. First, first thing out of the fucking gate. Guys, it's so genuine. Thank you uh, again. Like I said, you know, um, if you like. Old school hard rock and metal. I mean, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and to that, I would say, if if you got the, the album on iTunes or on Amazon, head back to either of them and leave a review and a rating on the product page. It truly helps a lot in sales to see more reviews. So if you like it and you got it from Amazon, just go over there and leave a five-star review. Leave a comment or two. It helps other people make a decision to purchase it. You know, that's really been the best thing about all this because, you know, we've been around since 2002. This is our sixth record. You know, we've never done anything like this. And again, thank you, Brandbold Marketing. You know, you're getting it everywhere. And like I said, if you play in a band, you know, get a hold of Mike. <laughs> I know firsthand. So, guys, um, getting it in front of you guys 
And the, and again, the best part's been so organic. We've never done anything like this before. We just used to, you know, you could get them at our shows and stuff. This is a whole new world, and it's and it's so much fun communicating with people and, and reading all the nice things. And and you know, most important of all, I, I think um, it's a great product. I mean, we went to the best studio here in Detroit. Uh, we worked on the songs really hard, and. You know, all three of us put our heart and soul into it, and, and it shows. And, and the reviews are a, a reflection of that. And I just want to say thank you because, look, I have no delusions. You know, I'm going to be a construction worker, business owner till I die. You know, I'm not going to be a world tour musician and stuff. It's just nice seeing your passion. No different than this, you know. I, I do three sides every week because I love it, not because it's, you know, something that makes me tons of money. And the same thing with, you know, playing drums and and music and stuff it's just something that makes me happy so it's nice when you know people go hey you're you do a good job at that and just means the world to me because i don't care what i'm doing podcast you know music business hockey i i put everything i have into it and it's nice to see uh people recognize that so thanks again yep. and by the way speaking of which um today's guest you want to talk about passion you want to talk about somebody who loves Kiss? You'd be hard pressed to find anybody more genuine um, than our guest this week. And let me tell you, somebody I've known for a long time, and uh, God, I, there's not enough nice things to say about this gentleman. Um, and Mike's known him for a long time too, so you know it's not just me. Uh, passionate. Um, Again, you guys are in a, are a huge treat this week because uh, we've got two hours of nothing but kiss, and I mean hardcore kiss talk for the next two hours. Yeah, and and like I said, it's a bit of a continuation of last week's episode where we had Greg coming in and talking about his fanzines <laughs> Darklight and Exciter. This week we've got Nico from Kiss Strike. Really the granddaddy of them all. There yeah. was nothing bigger in the KISS fanzine world. There was nothing, and I mean nothing, underlined three times, bigger than KISS Strike. Every, it was everywhere. You could walk into Tower Records and you could find it on the newsstand. It was literally a magazine about KISS. Full size, glossy, full color. He had uh, all of the photos were pretty much uh, exclusive because he... As we talk about, he's a great photographer and took these photos himself to use in his magazine. So, incredible discussion. Let it roll. Nico from Kiss Strike.
Want to get your official three sides of the coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. So, Three Sides listeners, we're continuing. It just dawned on me. We're continuing with sort of the Kiss fanzine theme from last week. I want to welcome, oh, we've known each other for many years. Mark, you've known him for many years. I want to welcome the legendary. Very much so. Nico from Kiss Strike. Now, you've done a lot. The, you've, hold on. The biggest Kiss fanzine worldwide. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think that's safe to say. I I, I I would say, you know, I mean, not say, it's true. You've done a lot more than Kiss Strike, but if you're a Kiss fan out there, you probably have seen Kiss Strike online or you might own a few issues. Well, this is the man behind Kiss Strike, the legendary Nico, the guy who, he's the first person I remember was like always at every Kiss show with a camera taking photos all the time. The first fan that I knew of that was doing that. You're you're like photographer extraordinaire, Nico. Well, you know, let's say I, I was lucky. <laughs> now I'm skinny. <laughs> I'm skinny. Now I'm a professional photographer and I see the job I used to do and I'm like, hmm, well, uh, you needed to learn a few tricks, but... <laughs> But uh, anyway, the enthusiasm was there. I was trying to learn as much as I could and try to, more than uh, try to create uh, art, I was trying to document everything because I knew that those moments were just uh, uh, going by. And if nobody would uh, capture them, they were just gone. And, uh, you know, so, so, you know, I was always uh, battled between... Uh, uh, do I want to enjoy the show or take a photo of the show? So, uh, like, uh, you see some cool thing happening, Jim breathing fire, Paul breaking guitar. It's like, uh, you know, I want to I document this. I want to save uh, it forever. Also, so I, I ended up at one point, uh, uh, you know, when I was following tours, uh, I was making myself a rule, like a wine concert, uh, I shoot, one uh, I enjoy and one, uh, well, everybody knows now. I, I should. I took the video, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't supposed to do it, but then you see, uh, years goes by, and then there's tours like Animalize in Europe, and there's no one full concert on video from that tour because I wasn't doing it then. I mean, I tried. I tried in my first show in Animalize, and they. They caught me while I was getting in the show. So the plan was off. But on the other end, you see that nobody else did it. And uh, nobody, and you know, uh, so, so things like that. I was always uh, concerned of, uh, we need to document it because uh, we want to watch it over and over. We cannot just see it one night. I want to go home and watch the show another 10 times. You know, it's uh, it's something like that. That uh, and uh, and I was always always battling with kids because, like, you know, oh, you're not supposed to do it. Oh, we don't want you to do it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking, um, I, you should be appreciating this because one day 
You'll need it. Well, <laughs> but at one point, there was Bruce uh, asking, oh, you got footage from uh, asylum, from animal eyes in Europe? Oh, I need some. He uh, said, hey, well, you know, I didn't start then. <laughs> or, well, N- N- Nico, let, let's let's get a little, little um, background history here. So when did you first become a KISS fan how, and how? All right. By the way, Nico, okay. are you in? Are you in back in Italy, or are you in in Australia still? Oh, no, I'm in Italy. I'm in Italy. Just curious. That's, I know you're. That's in- where I belong. I mean, uh, I can travel the world, live uh, everywhere, but deep inside, uh, I'm a true Italian. So, uh, Mark, I know, I know you too. <laughs> you got that <laughs> real, real, real quick aside, Nico, have you ever hey. had pasta from Seven Eleven? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> No way. No way. You need to torture me. <laughs> Sorry, Izzy, but that just never gets old. I know, I know, I know. I know the story. No, no it way. It drives. No way. Izzy just gets so pissed when I bring it up or somebody brings it up online. He's like, stop beating the dead what? horse. It's not funny what? anymore. What's like, once I was even told off by Paul Stanley because uh, he told me, oh, you know about this new restaurant at the time? It was a new chain, the, uh, all, the green olive o- garden. Olive garden. The OG. Russell calls it the OG. I wanted to take Russell to this really nice Italian restaurant in, in Detroit. And he's like, no, we want to go to the Olive Garden. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You, 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 know, you know, Mark, you know what that's like? That's like if you go out and visit Russell and he wants to take you to, like, his hometown pizza place. But you go, no, I want to go to Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, the Hard the Rock Cafe. One day, McDonald's the other. That's the so, 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 so Paul thought the Olive Garden was a great Sorry, Italian Russell. restaurant? So, yeah, no, he was asking me because he's Italian. He's going to, you know, you know, tell all the worst things about it. But I actually went there and uh, I must have said, you know, for an average American, that was gold. You know, it's, it was a good, good stuff well, obviously, can I, couldn't compare to Italy, but you know, <laughs> I say you know, I say nice words. I say they got, you know, they, 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 they got great. It's good they, enough. It's they, close. they have great breadsticks. And then and then Paul's like, oh, you don't understand anything about food, you know, you kind of because I was telling. <laughs> I didn't know how to tra- if if I had to trash it. Otherwise, Paul would say, "Oh, why are you trashing uh, our Italian restaurant?" So you know, when they ask you a question, you don't know what to answer. So I, I answered the wrong one. But, <laughs> <laughs> Better than Seven Eleven for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to share food with Izzy. Uh, all, right, all right, Nico. So back to you. When did you oh, become back. a Kiss fan, and how? All right. Uh, okay. I I started liking Kiss, uh, watching uh, the Sure Not Something, and I was made for loving new videos because they were going through in rotation uh, in TV. But I was just looking at the curious uh, of the look and everything, and the music was good. I was made it was a big hit in Europe, so you know everybody kind of liked it. But you know. That's very far from becoming a fan. And then it was uh, that summer, there was somebody who was really into Kiss who went to the show of the San, San Angelo in Rome, the only one in Rome in 1980. 
and uh, and he was all excited and told a story and uh, you know I was getting bored and uh, you know <laughs> we were always making jokes on Kiss because Kiss uh, 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 in Italian you can start the sense with it's like uh, who cares uh, who cares uh, Kiss and Frega Kiss uh, there's a few words that you can connect with Kiss and make fun of it so every every time you hear Kiss you just make a joke. Uh, with uh, following something, but anyway, so we were all joking, and I was never, you know, not taking anything uh, serious or anything. Then I started school after summer, and there was a girl with a with a with a bag with a, with the four faces drawn on, and I said, oh, okay, that could be, you know, something to uh, to chat to start a conversation. You know, it's new people. I was starting the high school, so it was all new friends, and. Uh, and so she said, oh, we sit uh, on the desk together. I said, oh, why not? Why not? And we started talking, and she was a Kiss fan. So she started uh, copying me tapes, uh, original tapes, copying original, <laughs> okay, bootlegging stuff, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, with bootlegs, uh, you start with the bootleg, and you end up with a career. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you start bootlegging, you end up being labeled Bootleg Dave. <laughs> so so anyway she started copying me albums like uh, dynasty already had uh, because uh, i was made following you was big and uh, so i had the album and uh, i liked it but she started copying me alive uh live too all those uh you know hotter than hell all those really tough ones and i wasn't a metal kid i wasn't an hard rock fan or anything i was just listening to radio music pop music uh, uh, rock maybe but not not that hard so i didn't really like it but i said you know i like the i like the band i like the look of it i like the show they put the music Mm, mm, uh. so but i said you know i'll give it a chance i give it a chance after a few times then i was hooked and, uh, you know, I was really, really fell in love with the band. I started to, uh, you know, using the breakfast money to, instead of eating at school, my mother would give me $3. I'll, I'll make it easier, 3,000 lira, but anyway, <laughs> for a week to eat, uh, to eat pizza in the mid-morning. And I wasn't eating, and I would just uh, wait the end of the week to buy, uh, to buy a, a used LP. And uh, so, you know, it's like every every week I was getting a new album. Uh, uh, I was starting uh, getting into the music. Uh, so, so then, you know, it was uh, full love. Uh, I started uh, just uh, trying to spend all my time uh, doing Kiss stuff. And uh, so that's that's how I, I became a Kiss fan. That's just coincidence it's true friends so 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 you you start you started like you said in in the in around 1980 which you know as we all know was the changing period for kiss from dynasty to mass did you quickly go backwards and discover the classic early albums yes as i said uh I, I started collecting all the older ones. I mean, Dynasty was at the time, but, you know, I the only thing I could get was all was all the... Dynasty actually was a must at that point. But anyway, I was getting all the older ones. And uh, to be honest, I wasn't too... Dis when when uh, The Elder finally came out, I already had uh, all the other albums. So I, I really was into the... Yeah. 
the original band. Uh, you know, Eric was new. Uh, it was okay. I mean, I didn't mind. Uh, you know, uh, I still like the, the original band, no matter what. The, the first the first four guys. And uh, and Eric was welcome, though. It wasn't like too big of a, of a you know, a problem. When I got the, the elder, actually, as you sometimes say, Mike, uh, uh, I didn't mind. I mean, it's a Kiss album. I didn't question it. It's changed a little bit, but on the other end, they changed when they did Dynasty. So, you yeah. know, like the ones before, I like the one after. You know, if, you know, if a band change, I don't think it's necessarily something bad. Uh, it, but, you know, so, so really, I, I really liked it. Uh, even though I understood that it was going to give problem to the band because nobody else liked it, uh, you know, when I was hearing uh, comments and stuff. So, you know, I was like, um, nah. and then when you go back to Creatures, uh, that was uh, perfect. So it was modern metal, but still with the rawness of Kiss, you know. The, so, the, uh, Nico, so after having gone back and discovered all of the original albums, did you start going, start moving forward, questioning like, hmm, you know, that dynasty is a lot different than rock and roll over, and unmasked is nothing like Kiss Alive, and you know what, what, what? Ha I mean, were you starting to question things at all, or did it not matter? No, because at the time uh, I wasn't coming from uh, a certain type of music. Uh, uh, that they used to play, and then they changed. At the time, I joined the, the let's say, the, the band <laughs> in a certain way as a fan. Uh, at the time, uh, I was listening uh, to the elder, uh, like, uh, Dynasty. They were all different uh, styles of, of albums. Uh, so I didn't really... Um, uh, you know, it didn't bother me because it's not that I was coming from the, the originals and then I say, oh, what is this new thing? I was already listening to different types uh, of album. So it didn't bother me at all, actually. Yeah, even though I I love uh, more than anything uh, the first six studio albums. I think this is that is Kiss, if you ask me now. But at the time... Anything was good. Anything was great, uh, and uh, and I was just uh, trying to get as much as I could of Kiss. I just, you know, I was going to school and had like something to read about Kiss underneath the desk. Uh, I was doing everything else, you know. I was doing everything, uh, you know, just Kiss and nothing else mattered. No, really, it's I, I didn't pass a couple of years in school because of that. Because all of a sudden. I said, what, what's these books? You know, I, I got I to gotta do the kiss things. And so I was uh, getting tapes. Uh, I was making the costume for Carnival. We have Carnival. I remember one year I didn't pass the year in school because it took me three months to do the Gene Simmons one, the one from Creature. All the little, uh, from the boot, you know, the little uh, knobs, uh, whatever. And uh, then I and it took me one month for each of the other three. So it took me like three, six months doing kids' costume. How could I pass the year of school? <laughs> Instead of going to school, I would go to my friend's house and we would make the costumes. So by the time Carnival was over, it was already more than half of the year gone. And, uh, <laughs> and I had many plans. So, you know, I didn't care. 
luckily my parents were good enough to pay school. Uh, I keep buying things, uh, unfortunately, but <laughs> it's funny because that's the same thing that happened with the driving license. But uh, ooh, that's uh, <laughs> I tried to get the driving license, but I was too busy with the fan club, and so I didn't pass. And then I became too long time. Uh, uh, you know, that I needed the license, but I didn't have time to get it. So at one point, I just bought that one as well. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and the funny thing is, the first time I used it was in the, in the revenge tour in the States. <laughs> and I was driving with Gerard Wimmer. I had a main name in case from Austria. And uh, and we, we had a, a kind of an accident, you know, like spinning and following the Kiss tour bus. Uh, it was around your area, Mark. I remember Joe Marshall told me about it. <laughs> so that was crazy. And uh, so you know, you didn't you didn't end, you didn't end up okay, in the me- you didn't end up in the median of '94, did you? In the what? <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> All right. It's an original Kiss crew joke. Okay. No, anyway, it was uh, I was okay driving. It's not that they give him driving license like that. You have to go through certain steps. Then, you know, I was driving okay. It's just that uh, driving after the kiss show, tired. Uh, we geared uh, putting the, air co- the 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 either up. I was, you know, I fell asleep. You know, not that Did, I was. Didn't that happen on the way to? I want to remember. Didn't didn't you guys like miss one of the expos in '95 because you just couldn't keep driving? Oh, that was 90, that was '92. Some was that, that that could be another story. <laughs> I, I, I well, I remember that one. I, mean, I wasn't there, anything, but I, I remember you sent you know telling us all about it and everything way back, way back when you just. Oh, the just, thing the thing then was uh, that after the show I was tired, but then we say, are we going to follow the kids bus? If we go follow the Kiss bus, we know exactly where the Kiss Hotel is. So, you know, well, okay, we'll sleep later. We'll try and keep uh, awake and do the, the traveling. So, yeah, well, this didn't work. But, N- uh, Nico, when did you move from just being a Kiss fan who loved the band and the music to the guy who is right. following the band and obsessed with the band? You know, when, when did you take it to the Die hard level. level. Okay, well, uh, well, the fan club came already after uh, came after I was already obsessed. I mean, I started uh, trying to anything that had a kiss on. Uh, I was gonna get. Uh, I, I wanted to get it, and uh, I was putting advert in uh, music magazine to try and trade uh, merchandise. Uh, uh, you know, so trying trading uh, music magazine. Uh, you know, kiss magazine clippings uh, or uh, audio tapes from concerts or anything uh, that was not easy to find in Rome. Uh, I, I would uh, put adverts in Kerrang from England uh, and uh, all the magazines I knew worldwide uh, just to get contacts uh, from other Kiss fans all over the world to try and trade my Italian things with their, uh, you know, their country's thing. So I already started that way. And actually the fan club uh, came about uh, because of this. I, I never really, the idea was never to get close to the band or talk about the band or do what an actual fan club is supposed to do. I started from uh, from a point that uh, if I make a fan club, I will be a referring point for many people. 
so it will be easier for me to get stuff. And uh, so it, it wasn't really like an idea, like if I, uh, if I, if I make this magazine, I will get to know the band or I will, I, that was so far away from my, my wildest dream. So, mm, you know, the band was in America, I was in Rome, uh, you know, meeting the band was, uh, was in, in, inconceivable at the time i mean i didn't know how they would approach the fan or the fan club so i, I was just uh, really starting the fan club to try and get more contacts possible to collect more merchandise that was the beginning and uh, and after that i actually saw that uh, you know i could improve the magazine i my, myself i always been uh, trying to make better things anything i do you know, the next day I want to make it be better than the day before. So then uh, I started getting into it and I say, OK, well, uh, you know, once I do the fan club, I better do a better magazine. Um, and so I started uh, uh, trading my strike magazine with all other fan clubs worldwide. I was trying to get uh, what's the best things they do, what's the things I like the most and uh, including strike. And so, you know, I was always trying to get the strike magazine better and i was lucky enough for you know when you do many things you get lucky one way or another it's not even a matter of luck at that point it's just uh, you through so many uh fishes will come if you start uh, through many whatever you uh, i forget some english but <laughs> okay and so uh, so basically i got in touch with dan star from uh, from la oh. and he, <laughs> Famous, I, I, I will uh, refuse uh, to comment and, and mention that name. <laughs> uh, all right. I know. It's a bit like Vinnie Vincent. Huh? <laughs> you said it. <laughs> oh, well, you know, at the time uh, it was, uh, it was you know, a great thing for me because uh, he was sending me photos uh, that were, nobody else would have seen uh, besides watching uh, watch them in, in strike. So, so then I would have exclusive stuff for the first time. Before I used to just uh, uh, copy an article from here, copy a photo from there. I, I didn't have anything that was only be able uh, to be seen in strike. Uh, and so once I got that, after a couple of years already, so then I started thinking, wow, now I can do a magazine that it's uh, all original stuff. It's it's a it's a solid thing. It's actually something that uh, the strong point of uh, the fan club. And uh, and so at that point, uh, uh, they came about also with the with the crazy nice tour in Europe. And at that time, uh, I said, you know, I'll follow the whole tour or, or the most of it. I I saw eighteen shows out of twenty three. So I did pretty much everything on that tour. And I said, you know, with this tour, I can, uh, I can give out flyers, I can spread the word, I can take photos, I can have a lot of material. And then I can really start doing a, a great magazine, uh, you know, uh, on its own. And, um, and so that's what I did. And, uh, and I was, you know, that was the time because... Uh, because the the time before they came uh, they came it was like in 1984 was like Animal Eyes and I saw one concert in Animal Eyes I went to Switzerland saw one show and that's it after that uh, they didn't come uh, anymore to Europe 
until 88. So, and I couldn't afford, I was young, I couldn't afford to try to go to the States to see shows, uh, asylum or time. Then I did the military service one year, thrown away, you know, for nothing, and uh, that stopped me as well. So really the big chance that I had it was uh, Crazy Nights. And at the time, I already had Dan Star. The name. You need to put the, the sound when I say the name. Da, 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 da. And, um, <laughs> and so with his help, uh, which he was also touring with me, that was his last tour, because then he did something that uh, didn't impress the band, and he got kicked out. But he didn't impress anybody, not just the band. <laughs> he was selling uh, his passes and tickets outside the venue. You know, you get them for free. You don't sell them. So, <laughs> not me. It's not me. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> In emergency, I don't know if you. I don't think I've ever done that. I've done other things, but not that. <laughs> but, but so anyway, so in that tour, it was great for me because I also learned English better because with school, you don't learn anything, especially if you read in a kids magazine instead of studying. <laughs> <laughs> so my English, <laughs> so okay, my English improved a lot, uh, you know, traveling one month with Denstar again and uh and uh and my photography as well because you know we gotta thank the guy somehow uh the then save uh, strike <laughs> so so he actually taught me how to shoot a concert uh basically it was one simple setting uh, all you had to do is put uh Time, uh, time priority 90 with the 400 as a film, and you can shoot all the Kiss concerts forever. That's what I did all those years. That was no, no change. Well, let, and, let, uh, let, me, let me ask you, Nico. So at the point you started to follow them on the Crazy Nights tour, had you been in contact with the band and or management yet? Were they going to cooperate and give you tickets, passes, the the were they going to let you photograph the shows or were you still kind of just sneaking stuff in and doing it as a fan well uh as i said i didn't even think uh, i could get that close uh but when i started the the crazy nights when i started following the crazy nights tour i i went to meet the band at the hotel and I told them, uh, I'm going to follow the whole tour. I'm going to be, I'm from the Strike fanzine. And uh, and they actually remember my name, even though so I, you know, because uh, I've wrote some letters here and there, but, you know, you don't you don't think they remember or, or stuff like that. But they remember the fan club and they say, oh, you're going to, sure, we give you two passes and two tickets to every show. And I was like, uh, oh, my God, that's too much. I didn't. I didn't even expect it. I mean, if I, you know, if I would get little things, it would be great already. But having two passes for every show was like a, a dream come true. And uh, and uh, still, I was I was sneaking uh, all my photography and stuff. I mean, uh, so they, they, they at that at that point they didn't know you were photographing every show. They didn't give you access to the photo pit officially yet. No, uh, well, they gave me uh, they gave me twice in Helsinki. I was able to shoot the whole show. I mean, at the time, I didn't even know about uh, how photography worked. Uh, two, three songs. I mean, I would see photographers, but 
for me, I was a fan club, but I wasn't, uh, you know, like a journalist photographer. So I asked uh, uh, at one point because Dan was doing most photography because he would say, oh, I'm, I'm the photographer. I should take the photo. You write the article. And I was like, but I want to take photos too. I, I like it too. And uh, so we we're kind of fighting. But a, a couple of times in Helsinki and in Newcastle, uh, and actually also in Belfast, three times. Uh, they gave me permission to shoot the whole show. And uh, so so they knew that I was shooting the show, but also they knew that I was shooting uh, in the crowd anyway, because maybe when I would meet them in the hotel after the show, I would show them some photos uh, or things uh, that I did. So, uh, you know, I wasn't uh, uh, um, afraid or, uh, or feel ashamed of... Uh, of uh, taking photos in the crowd. Did, did, uh, did, did they ever um, tell you something like, all right, yes, you can do this, but don't sell the photos, you're not permitted to do this, or did they just let you do it out of kindness? Uh, I don't know if they actually, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they told me not to sell the photos uh, or anything. Uh, I was actually, you know, you, everything I would do, I would, uh, I would give them a copy as well, and I would also uh, use them for fan club use. I mean, I, even if I sold photos, there would all be money coming in for the fan club, right? Uh, one way or another. I mean, even nowadays, I'm living in a very cheap place, and I'm not, I never became rich or anything on this. I. Um, money has never been my my goal. I never cared about money. If I had money, I would just uh, use them to to reach my goals. So I, to make a better strike. I mean, if I had more money, I would print more color in the magazine. Uh, uh, money for my own personal thing. I mean, I was working 15, 15 hours a day, seven days a week for kids. <laughs> so. Uh, what would I need the money for? I mean, sure. uh, it's it's never been. I mean, if I had money, really, it was to buy more merchandise, to put more stuff on the on the merchandise list in the in the magazine, or to get a better magazine. Or you know, it's uh, money's always been like a mean to to become better. You you and, you, uh, you you basically I mean, invest. I, I think it's. Sorry. I was going to say you invested everything to further promote Kiss. Exactly. And I think the band realized that. And uh, so that's why probably they never really cared of uh, what I was uh, doing. I mean, obviously, they didn't they didn't tell me, oh, please take photos because uh, uh, because uh, it's good to have them uh, uh, when, when you, you know, give it to us or, or film a show and you give us the tape. It wasn't like that. They always uh, uh, pretend I wasn't supposed to do, pretend in a way that like, don't do the photo from that corner on that side, don't do that. <laughs> because <laughs> you know, if, if, like... you, if you get caught doing that, we will deny ever talking to you. <laughs> exactly. But no, had, I understand all the situation there. I mean, they had like, uh, uh, at the time it was Winterland or whoever was merchandising company who was paying them for rights, Polygram as well, was paying for rights uh, uh, to sell merchandise. So how can they allow people to sell merchandise that was not legit? The, the company would tell them off. So they were not never 
uh, are gonna say uh, do something that they're not supposed to tell people. But uh, underneath, uh, uh, you know, I knew they didn't mind too much. Also because uh, one thing was, uh, for them it was important, the fact that uh, who was doing this and why. I mean, if uh, somebody who doesn't like this goes to a concert, film the show, makes money, and uh, and he doesn't care about kiss, he just cares about making money, they don't like that, and I understand why, because uh, uh, because those money is uh, just stolen from the band. Uh, if, if a fan does it, uh, one way or another, I make a thousand dollar on something, I buy a kiss thing, which goes back to them anyway. And uh, yep. or I'd make a better magazine, which makes them look better anyway. So anything I would make money uh, is money that would go back to their benefits anyway. So they wouldn't mind me doing it until a certain point. Probably, you know, if I would do something uh, overboard a little bit, they would be a little upset when I did uh, like a photo special. Something like uh, I put, uh, put a little like this one was the first one that pissed them off. But <laughs> well, so 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 so, so tell us what 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 pissed them off about that special. Well, uh, they told me that the difference between this and a magazine is that this is merchandise, and uh, and also because they were licensing merchandise, they were getting money. If you want to do a magazine, a photo magazine, a photo book on them, uh, they would get. They would get money, the royalties. So it, it's that. it's because that that issue was all photos and didn't have yeah. articles. Exactly. Whatever was a, a merchandising item that uh, they wanted to get money from, and uh, and it's always been a thin line between sure. those things. Yep. Because the other time, Jinger really upset. Uh, me was when I did the CD-ROM. I don't know, at the time I, I, said, I, I did a CD-ROM. You had that one. <laughs> the his years. I did a CD-ROM with the story of the band. And uh, and that was a merchandise item. I understand but that. that was but, right okay. when that technology was starting. Because I had yeah. hell trying to find a computer that would fucking play it. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean, there was... A, I mean, I was the only... I was the first one doing a CD-ROM on Kiss. Yep. Because there was many companies doing CD-ROMs. There was a friend of mine, actually it was Paolo Piccini, which is the guy who did the Kiss book, the one with Gene, uh, uh, with the red background and the yellow, uh, whatever. It's one of the Kiss book from Italy. Yeah. And this guy uh, got a job as a, a technician to create CD-ROM for Sony, Coca-Cola, all the big names. And he said to me, why don't we make a Kiss one? And I said, oh, that'd be great. And uh, we we can also show it to the band. I mean, when they see it, and then tell that we can make a, a professional one, a good, a, an official one for them. And uh, so then, when I when I actually saw Gene, he, he didn't agree with me. <laughs> he said, "Well, so this is a prototype, so we can make more copies. We can uh, make one." Well, I say, "Yeah, well, it's to show you." But how many copies of this prototype you made? Well, well a thousand. <laughs> well, that is not a prototype. Nico hadn't learned yet that to a question like that, you just say, "Oh no, this is the only one I made." <laughs> 
I <laughs> knew already because uh, I was uh, I was in ni- in '95, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I went uh, I went to this tour, and as soon as I see him, I said like, "You got anything for me?" And I'm like, uh, "Well, uh, the new strike didn't come out yet. Uh, well, uh, anything else?" I say, "Well, no. Um, uh, you don't have a CD-ROM, <laughs> like." Uh, yeah, actually, actually, I forgot that. I got it in the car. <laughs> you can't pull one over on him, can you? You know already everything. But <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna slowly introduce to that uh, during the tour. Instead, he kind of like uh, got me on, on the first uh, first day, and then I was like, oh my god, this is gonna gonna kick me out of the tour because he said, oh, we're gonna sue you. And I say, uh, why? Well, you know, this is bootleg. This is merchandise. I'll send you my lawyers. Uh, I was like, uh, oh, you have to. Uh, it's like uh, you will have to close the fan club because of this. I say, well, it's it's your fan club. Uh, it's my fan club about you. If I have to close it, uh, I'll have to close it. What can I do? I wouldn't like it, but if you force me to, I will have to. And uh, and he was like, oh, you don't understand what well, this is really serious, you know. And I was like, you know, he was shouting at me. I'm short. He's tall. It's like I was like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah. Uh, and uh, I was becoming even shorter than I'm already am. <laughs> and uh, so at one point he was really he looked upset. And then I looked at my friend that came with me, uh, Alessandro, who helped me with the fan club. And uh, I said, this tour, forget about it. We gotta go out, buy tickets. You know, I don't think he's gonna. And then uh, ten minutes later comes the tour manager. Nico, here's two laminates for the tour. I was like, ooh, maybe he wasn't too upset. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he, he, he just needed to make a point to scare it I into know. you. Yeah, I mean, really, at the, at the end, he didn't really scare me because, uh, I mean, we knew each other. We knew everything. Uh, I I know he was a boot like. Uh, you know, too. I know that those money were going into the club anyway. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it was a big deal. Uh, but I understand also their point of view because they had to stop me. Because if they didn't stop me, uh, I would have maybe come out with a lot of other things, and uh, and then maybe start uh, everybody else will see it and uh, start doing it. You well, know, you know, and and. And, and, and back to the point of the difference between a, a, a magazine and a photo book and, and how, you know, Polygram and Winterland were paying license fees to do merchandise. For all we know, they might have been talking to somebody about doing an official KISS CD-ROM. And if yours was already out there unofficially, it could potentially impact somebody's legit product. Well... Yeah, but I, I actually thought because I know it was something new. I actually thought that for 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 real. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't just joking with him. I really was hoping that they would like the the product and they would hire us to make one with all original stuff that they would give us and make it in their way. Uh, it really was a way. Of course, uh, of course, uh, I made money out of that. Uh, but at, on the other end, there's a lot of work into that. If you just do all the work just to show him, 
Uh, well, you know, you gotta get something back for 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 creating it, but uh, but mostly, really, I I truly believe that uh, you know that they could see as something as they could uh, really re- release. Uh, then I realized, I mean, I was I don't know if I was too naive at the time. I, I realized that if you don't talk about uh, too much money in uh, in advance with them, you don't even talk about merchandise. Uh, well, I, I, I also I also think you know the 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 idea of wanting to do that is good, but you kind of went too far when you produced a thousand copies. Uh, yeah, well, they, they they could be, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I I don't. I don't really need to apologize. Everything no, I've done no. has been in their favor, and uh, and I thought that there could be really something that could, uh, you know, be another product they could release, not licensing to a company who does it, and just give the sell their names. But actually, they could do it as a, their own official product, like a, a videotape or something they release. But you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't think it that way. You would have gotten Gene's attention if you said, Gene, here's a CD-ROM prototype I made, and I'm willing to advance you $50,000 for the rights to do this officially. Now you've got his attention. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know, they've always been in a different league uh, money-wise, with me, you know, it's like I even I could uh, have an idea of doing something, you know. Uh, I know that they wanted. Uh, I think at the time it was maybe a wrong information, like twenty thousand dollars, or you don't even talk with them about merchandising, and because uh, sometimes you could have an idea or a cool item to 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 make as a, as merchandise. But then, uh, if you don't talk those money with them, it's uh, useless to talk. So then, uh, you know. Well, you know, that was also, too, right around when, because, you know, uh, when Dave was doing the Kiss Vision stuff, he was hoping to do that same sort of thing, you know. You remember back in the day, you know, that's, there was lots of fans doing fan-type stuff like that, you know, and... Look, as you know, if you remember, I used to make all those shirts and, and all that stuff. I yes. sold a boatload. Of, well, the reason being, though, is now it, the younger fans don't realize this. Go back to 1992. Their shirts were horrible. And I mean, fucking horrible. And I was just making like the first album cover, Dress to Kill, Hotter Than Hell, you know, that kind of stuff. They didn't even make the most basic of basic kiss shirts. And I'd sell the shit out of them. And fans would like, you know... Oh my God! You know we're basically where you get these from. You know, I'd tell them I'd make them. You know, oh, it, because okay. a lot of fans like you, like you and 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 Dave with the you guys made stuff because you you saw it like this is what fans want. I mean, that was one of the great things about Strike. Everybody loves Strike, and I remember when I first got to know you in the early '90s, you were. It, the fact that you know you're from from you know across the pond as they say and you're putting in out an english edition you know what i mean you just made your scope that much bigger it was you know five languages actually yes 
<laughs> I, I remember being so impressed by that. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. You you Because remember the little box? You used to have to check what fucking language you wanted on the little. Because, you, you know, we used to put all our flyers out. Like, I'd put them out for my videos and shirts. And Nico would have his, you know, for Strike and all the other fans. And, and that was, it was such an exciting time because the fans were so hands-on back then. And they, they were, I, to their credit, you know, they get a lot of garbage for you know what we're gonna sue you we're gonna for the truth is they left most of us alone and you know what i mean because because like you said in my in my catalogs i always sent out the latest kiss news and what was going on and here's when the tour starts and yeah i mean all my videos are over here to buy but it was also a couple pages that had the at the time but pre-internet the most up-to-date kiss news you could get you know yeah, like talking about Dave Stryker, it, it's the same thing. I mean, and I understand when he talks about it. He, he wanted to impress Kiss with the evolution of Kiss. He wanted to show his skill, how how he could make something that was really good. And it was. Everybody loved a visual evolution. Oh, the best. And Kiss made a big mistake, I believe, I not hiding him for taking care of the video catalog. They should have had him uh, release stuff one after the other, all the cool things to celebrate the band. He, he really understood how to make a video entertaining and uh, and uh, make uh, the band look way bigger or bigger than they, they, they he were. He was making those brilliant video, you know, uh, compilations, media compilations. Yep. Way before anyone thought of stuff like that. And they were fucking great. You know what I mean? They oh. it, they were so well done and so perfect. I mean, again, keep in mind, go back to the VHS days. Nobody but did it better than Dave. Dave Dave was the, was the standard. Exactly. That's why I said it's a pity that Kiss didn't see this as an opportunity for somebody who gives them their uh, ability, their knowledge, their... Uh, you know their passion to do key stuff, and instead they catalog them as as a bootlegger. It's like uh, it's way different than that. The story because uh, because if they would hire all the bootleggers to do official stuff, they would definitely benefit. I mean, not all of them, but somebody like Dave for videos, it was fantastic. They could have me, for example. As I was already the probably the biggest fan club, as you say, though the right. best magazine. Uh, well, you know, uh, hey, hey, there's an old saying here. Uh, you know what? If, if if it ain't bragging, if it's true, you know what I mean. Well, you, you, you know, uh, uh, my aim was always doing a better magazine, and uh, and at one point I, I realized I was the best one. But not because I, it wasn't more like a thing I had to be the best magazine. It was just I want to do a magazine better than the past issue. And at one point, if you do that and you keep doing it, you become the best. But, you know, it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't, it's not that I was caring about being the best. It's uh, I was proud, obviously, to do a great magazine. But as I said, at the time, Kiss... Uh, Instead of uh, doing Kiss Central and stuff like that, which was fantastic, or instead of doing all along that, they could have also hired me or somebody else uh, who had the quality to do a, a professional fan club magazine. Because Strike was great compared to the other photocopy or black and white print. But 
strike could be 10 times better if uh, they would send a check to the printer, not even to me. I mean, they could just say to me, uh, you know, make the magazine uh, uh, all in color. How much is the difference? This much, we pay the rest. And, uh, you know, without paying me, they would make the fan club look better or hire me and make uh, an official fan club where they would get the money and I would just get a paycheck for the month. You know, I, I didn't even, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't care if they, if they would make a hundred Nicholas, Sorry? You go, did you ever run that by them about, hey, hiring you or anything? Did you? Because I look, I, I've seen Kiss around thousands of fans. You, you are one of the ones that whenever I'm with you, when I see you with them, they genuinely still to this day adore you. You could when you are, hey, they, you know, <laughs> look, you know exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about. They, they still love you well, very I'm much. Glad. No, I'm glad. Actually, I was very happy after I had to stop the fan club because my son was born and I was on the other side of the world. So I couldn't keep running the fan club and at the same time taking care of my little kid. So then I had to stop. And so when I started to see other shows after I stopped, I thought maybe I don't have the fan club anymore. They're going to just go like, uh, you know, who are you? <laughs> go buy the ticket. <laughs> Instead, actually, it was good because I passed the level from being uh, the fan club uh, kid or man uh, to to a friend. So it was great. I yes. thought, you know, I, I didn't know because I thought maybe they're nice because I have the fan club, <laughs> and uh, if I don't, they stop being nice. Instead, of, it was glad to. I was really happy to see that uh, they were like uh, really liking me generally as a as a person to be around them, and. Uh, so you know, uh, okay. So 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 come, coming out of the Crazy Nights tour and and you know your your conversations with the band and stuff like that. Um, how did you progress from that point? Did they just kind of welcome you into the Kiss family and just kind of let you do what you wanted to do occasionally? keeping you in line with a few conversations every once in a while with Gene. How did things move along from there? Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, I always had to struggle for things, you know. Uh, they didn't really make things easy for for me or for any other fan club. I mean, they, they created the Key Central to help the fan club, which was a good idea, but I don't know. Uh, I didn't get anything out of that. I mean, um, it, there was no interview I could do because of that, or or, or getting uh, any anything. It was pretty much uh, the same story all the time. We just got nicely the recognition on uh, Hot in the Shade as a fan club. We got the letter. Uh, Gilda would uh, would give us some information. Would be kind of a repairing point to ask things. But not really a big deal, and uh, and when you would do a tour, uh, you know, to try to try and get an interview with the band, uh, even if it was strike and it was one of the best fan club, if not the best, still I would have to go through uh, asking uh, ten times, and maybe eventually at the end of the tour getting something. I ended up. Uh, because coming up with a questionnaire interview, you know, that you write questions, Britain, 
uh, and they would uh, I would just give them and they would answer in their room and because I said you know at least I got something and uh, and also you know if I see them backstage uh, I usually have two types of camera I had a professional camera for a concert and a little one uh, uh, for the backstage because you know when uh, when you put up the the professional camera backstage they would always look at you like uh, oh what you're doing what you're trying to uh, so the little one was less uh, intimidating for them and I was able to take some sh some uh, shots of backstage but uh, you know now I'm an old man <laughs> almost <laughs> old <laughs> and I can see things a different ways and I think uh, they should have just let you know be themselves more available because I understand that when uh, I don't know when the reunion tour exploded they had like millions of big media around them meaning uh, you know not time for anything that period was crazy but when it was another time uh, that they were more uh, free they could uh, I don't know they could just uh, help more because uh, you know, I understand that if they give a magazine, the, an official magazine uh, from a country, an interview on the phone or something, they get exposure on uh, on people who's not Kiss fan or who eventually will become Kiss fan. And for them, it means a lot more than uh, doing an interview for a fanzine that has already members that are diehard. It will never, you know. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, we we all, we always say that about our podcast because people are always like, "Well, how come you don't get Gene and Paul on the show all the time doing interviews?" And we're like, "Because we understand they gain nothing by coming on our show. We're, you know, it's the old concept. You don't need to preach to the converted. We're already talking to the fans who are supporting Kiss every way possible. And Gene but, and Paul coming little... on aren't going to change that." Uh, but it's not true, though. I mean, it, it makes sense some way. But on the other hand, it's like uh, if you give a diarchist fan something more, he will get more excited than he was before. But uh, if you don't give him anything and you kind of like uh, uh, you let him struggle to do things, uh, I don't know. Some 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 fan might lose interest. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's important uh, that uh, you know that they are pre you know that uh, that they come to your show or they would uh, uh, do things for for fans uh, coming to to conventions, the Kiss convention, coming as a guest, making the appearance. Uh, it's little things, but if those are the people who loves you, and you get there, they will love you more. But but Nico, yeah. you you just mentioned something, and this is something that I say about our show, just meaning three sides of the coin. Yeah. That story that you just told, how Gene was pointing his finger at you and upset at you, and and and, and then. Oh, here, Nico. Here's your here's your passes. You know, uh, you know. Twenty minutes later. Our show isn't, I always say, is not a stats show. We're, you're not going to, you don't tune into three sides each week because we're going to talk about how many records sold or stuff like, or give our opinion on. And there's nothing wrong with that. Cause, you know, other shows do that or, you know, focus on a thing or two. One of the things that we like to do 
and that's why someone like you is so important. We like to get maybe a different point of view from somebody like yourself or last week, you know, Greg was, was on from fanzines and him going out to California and you traveling all over and your interaction. You hear some kid from Italy, from Rome, and, and, you know, from the time you see them and literally 10 years later, you're running an international fan club and they know you by name and you're like, well, how did how did I get here? You know, what I mean, it's just it's just so organic. And, and and that's one of the things about three sides that, you know, Mike worked for them. And, you know, I've done stuff for the band and it's just cool having these pull the curtain back a little bit. You know what I mean? Because that story like you shared of Gene just showed a very human side of Gene because. You know, yeah, I understand he was protecting his brand, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> he realizes what a good guy you are. And again, I've seen him when he's seen you and how excited and, you know, happy the guys get when they see you to this day. And that, to me, that's another reason why, you know, because, you know, some people say don't meet your idols. Kiss is my favorite band, and every single guy is. I, I'm happy that I got, you know, got to meet them, and some of them, you know, got get to know them pretty well, and that's a pretty awesome feeling. And that's wow. one thing I wanted to say because when you got into the band, Nico, you know, Peter and Ace weren't weren't in the band at the time when you first started having physical, you know. So yeah. how did you? How did your relationship with both Peter and Ace start? Like when about and like how did they find out about Strike? And that's another question. How did you get the name Strike? Strike. Uh, we were. I mean, I started the fan club with a friend of mine, uh, so I didn't start on my own because also at the time I didn't want my mother to know that I was having a Kiss fan club because because <laughs> I already didn't pass the school, she wouldn't be too happy. <laughs> So when I started the fan club, I started with a friend, but he only lasts two, three months with him uh, because uh, uh, I wanted to reinvest all the money. Uh, but uh, we're talking about ten dollars <laughs> for, for things, and he wanted uh, he, he wanted to pocket the money. And I was like, you know, what are we gonna do with the money? You know, we we need to reinvest and reinvest. He didn't like the idea, so we split the matter, really matter of months. But anyway, with this guy, uh, at one point we said. Uh, and we say, you know, why, why don't we come up with a name? Let's uh, let's come up with something. And uh, uh, what about this name? What about this other name? Yeah, at one point, uh, I was thinking of something. I was thinking just silent, and he kept uh, uh, throwing names. Doom, 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 doom. At one point, I heard him saying "strike." I'm like, uh, after two, three names, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. What did you say two, three names ago? <laughs> you know, strike, strike. You know what? That that can be good, uh, you know. It's a strike when you eat the ball uh, a bowling, uh, bowling, uh, and uh, and you make a strike. It's perfect shot. A lucky strike uh, is like the cigarettes that also meant uh, uh, something positive, and that's why they call the cigarettes that way. And uh, and I think a strike was a was a really nice name. And I'm I'm not English, uh, so it wasn't my language. And at the time. Well, <laughs> I know very little of their language, <laughs> so it just sounded cool. The, the way and and I'm you know probably like Kiss. It's a short, direct, and uh, and I know it always sounds weird. Uh, uh, 
Uh, well, I just thought it was always cool because it wasn't based on a, you know, a kiss name or it wasn't based because a lot of the other ones had some sort of, you know, like last week's, you know, great oh. was, you know, Exciter and, you know, Dark, Dark Light. Light and, you know, Destroyer, yeah, actually, all kinds of crazy nights. But yours was like Strike, you know, what I mean, I always thought it was cool. I was always a I always wanted to ask you. I've talked to you a billion times. I've never asked you that question before. So, <laughs> yeah, so anyways, it, how did how did you get to know Ace and Peter? Oh, Ace and Peter. Well, Peter was, uh, uh, let's see, who, who I met first. I think I met first uh, Ace. It was, uh, uh, it was in 88 uh, at, the, at the concert in London. Ace was, was uh, you know, after, after I saw Kiss the first time and only time in 84 in Lausanne uh, for Animal Eyes, then there was nothing in Europe. The first thing that happened in Europe was uh, Ace Frehley coming to London for uh, for one only concert, and he would videotape that, uh, you know. So, and then after a few months, Kiss would come with the Crazy Nights tour. But before Ace came in March, and so, I, I, you know, I uh, get myself organized, uh, and at the time it was '88. I started the fan club in '84, let's say '85. It was end of '84, so '85. So it was already two, three years. I already would send magazine to their, you know, record company, uh, whatever address I would find that could be linked to Ace or Peter or the band, I would send the magazine. So I didn't, uh, I wasn't in touch with them, but I, you know, I tried to make sure they knew that there was a fan club from Italy, even if it was fairly bad one, it was only photocopies at the time. So, but at least, so when I got to see Ace, uh, he already he already knew who I was of the fan club, but I, I never met him. Uh, but the, the fan club was a, a good uh, business card uh, in a way, introduction card, because uh, uh, when I went to see each of them, they already knew about me beforehand. Maybe Peter not so much so, because Peter didn't do anything uh, before uh, Chris, uh, in uh, because I met him first time in uh, in '92. Uh, when there was the club tour from Kiss for Revenge, he was doing his shows. That's when I met him. But Ace, yes, I met him before, and uh, and through Eddie Trunk, uh, Megaforce, uh, already already got in touch, uh, and I anticipated I was going. So I was gonna get a photo pass, uh, uh, or no, no, actually not even a photo pass at the time. As I said, I didn't even think of asking for a photo pass, and uh, but I was telling that I was getting there. Uh, I got in touch with an Italian, the Italian magazine, HM, uh, that, uh, that they had like a, a photographer in London who was going to interview Ace. So they told me, oh, uh, we get you in touch with this guy, see if he can let you in. So, so I arrived there and I had uh, pretty much the schedule of what, what they were doing. I knew the hotel because the guy who was going to interview, had to interview him at the hotel. So I knew where the, the hotel they were staying. So as, and, and so as soon as I got there, I already went to the hotel and I introduced myself to the band, to Ace, uh, and they started seeing me pretty much everywhere because I knew where, where they were doing a record signing and I would go there. Uh, a radio interview, I would be outside the radio. Uh, I had the, the whole information. I don't even know how I got everything, but... I, I, 
pretty much everything they were stepping out of, they, I was, it was me outside or me in the lobby or me everywhere just before the show because they came there like a few days before the show. So in those days, I was always around. So, you know, then I also, one thing that I like to say that also got me in a, in good relationship with the band and that's why probably they love me because I always, uh, I never was pushy. I mean, as you know, having autographs or photos with them or things were like dreams. So, so you're tempted in one way to go to them and ask. But I always kept in mind that uh, I don't want to bother them. I love them so much. How can I bother them uh, when I love them so much? So I want those things. But definitely, I don't want bother, to bother them. So I always kept my distance. Uh, uh, and trying to uh, meet them in a, in a situation where they would want to uh, get in touch. I don't know, if they were going out somewhere, one of the men members would go down earlier than the other, so we'd just sit there doing nothing, and that could be a good time to go and ask for something or for a little chat. Uh, uh, or other times I would just sit in on a side, uh, making sure that they would see me when they passed by, and I would not go to them, but, you know, try and have them to come to me if they wanted to. If not, they would just go by and I wouldn't follow them. So in a way, very respectful way. Uh, and I think that that is the, the key uh, that made them uh, 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 think that it was a pleasure when I was around because I wasn't bothering. I wasn't pushy. And uh, and I think with Ace, I use the same kind of... Uh, 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 way. Uh, I was everywhere, but never bothering. And so, you know, they were curious about me and trying and starting to get and asking questions, what you do, where you're from, uh, uh, more than me, sign this, sign that, uh, have a photo. Uh, so it, 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 was a, it was a good approach, I think, but, you know, I didn't make strategies. It's just uh, the only strategies were don't bother them. <laughs> <laughs> don't make him upset because it's the last thing you want to do. And um, so with that, probably that was the key. And at the show, I remember at the, at the show of Ace, uh, I even uh, bought the ticket first. I arrived in London with the ticket of the show. So I didn't even ask for a ticket. And, uh, and then I went to, uh, I went to the, there was somebody outside the, the audience selling uh, front row tickets. I remember it was a very expensive, but I said, you know, that's ace. You know, we got seats uh, way back. You know, I don't care. And and I paid those money, and I saw the first show of ace front row. So he saw me outside the radio, outside this, at the other, and then he sees me right in front, uh, <laughs> in front row. Yes. Then I throw in like a big flag that I did for him. You know, the Frelix Comet, We Love You, that I made in Rome before. The, and they opened it during uh, Rock Soldier, I think, or no, whatever. One of the songs is not in the video, but, you know, it's in the bootleg video. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so ba basically, you know, I showed him... Uh, love uh, more than you could expect. In fact, actually, at the album they came out, uh, they even put me in the special thanks. Me and my friends that came with me, 
Monica and Simona from Florence, uh, we, we were all mentioning the special thank you of the album. And we didn't do anything for the album. We just were there. And, you know, but it was such a, uh, an overwhelming uh, uh, welcoming in London that I did for Ace that, uh, that I think uh, I, I remain Im impressed. Then I was, I was allowed in the room where the, this uh, Pier Giorgio Brunelli did the interview. I told the guy, please let me get, let me stay with you in the room. I will do nothing, just uh, I won't bother. And that's what I did. He got me in the room while he was doing the interview with Ace. All I did is I sit in a corner. I kept my <clears throat> mouth shut all the time. I just remember that he introduced, my, that he introduced me and I shake his hand and I did nothing else. Because of respect out of the guy of the interview, I told him, I won't do nothing, I won't bother you. That's what I did. I didn't bother. I just say, for me, it was just being in a corner when he was doing an interview. For me, it was being in heaven and, and look how it looks like in heaven. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was great. With Peter, instead, I met him uh, in New York at the Chris uh, concert. And, uh, and I was lucky because... Uh, uh, I came in March, in uh, in April, in '92, to the States, to New York for a Kiss convention, mm -hmm. my first right. Kiss convention. That's where where I met you, and uh, and so the month after, uh, at the convention, I met uh, Lydia Chris, mm -hmm. and so I became friend with her. And when I was going back the next month, because in May there was the tour. I got in touch with there. In the meantime, I brought her whatever it's called. And uh, so when I got to New York for a Kiss uh, Club Tour and Chris, uh, uh, she asked me to go with, the, with her. She, she asked me. I asked her, probably. <laughs> but, but she took me with her to, to the show uh, of Peter. And there was Bill O'Coin there. That was also the first time I met Bill O'Coin. And uh, so she introduced me to Peter. So that's the best thing it could happen. Lydia Chris who introduced you to Peter Chris. <laughs> that's a, that's a top. And uh, so, you know, so I got in like with red carpet, let's say, you know, like uh, it was very, very easy. Uh, and, um, and the rest, I don't know. It's uh, probably a character. I'm always an happy kid, even when I, I'm, I'm an happy 53-year-old kid. <laughs> And, uh, and I was being even when I was younger. So, and especially, I mean, I'm happy as a normal, even when you had trouble around your life. Think about when you're in presence of kiss, if you're not happy. If I'm happy in a normal time or in a sad time, I could be over, over happy when I'm with them. And, and so probably that, that, that helped as well. And uh, so I started with them. With all of them, I started a good relationship right away because, uh, you know, because uh, I didn't bother and I wanted to stay wherever they, they, they were. Uh, you know, I could go visit the cities during the tour instead of waiting in the lobby. Instead, I was always like uh, hours and hours, the days off, I was like a full day off in, a, in the lobby. Uh, getting teas or any other cheap things, not to spend too much money and spend as much time possible in the in the lobby without being kicked out. So, so, so then I was spending hours, and they would and they would realize that. I mean, they could see me when they were walking out, and they would see me hours after when they were coming back. I was always there, 
And so, you know, um, they realized that for me was enough, uh, uh, you know, a waving a low or, uh, uh, you know, uh, any little thing uh, uh, for me would pay me off of uh, 10 hours stay in the lobby. Uh, you know, a glimpse would just be enough to, to pay for the, for the time. So, you know, plus I was always with other KISS fans uh, and talking stories of KISS, uh, collecting uh, uh, tours. So it wasn't like a time, you know, uh, <laughs> bothering uh, or doing nothing. Uh, it was definitely for me better than visiting a city, you know. Yeah, well, that, you know, I say that all the time on the show when we talked about it last week. You know, that, especially the New York, the original New York Expos. That's where, you know, you know, you and Gerhard and, you know, you know, Alex, everyone, you guys, it was like guys came from Europe and then we'd all come from the Midwest and there was a ton of people already in New York. And man, you just made these lifelong friends. And you know, here we are now in our 50s and we're still geeking out about Kiss, you know, and which is really the basis behind this whole show and the, the whole reason that every week we're able to sit and geek out about Kiss and reminisce about, like you said, you know, sitting in the lobby and driving here and waiting by the backstage door and all because it was such a fun time and it was such an innocent time too. Because one thing I, I talked to, to Greg about last week and you touched on it briefly, things changed in 96 Big time. I know. Because we used to have access, and, and again, you know, like you said, I remember Peter Chris being the guest at an expo when you paid your 15 bucks to get in, and you could just bring your records, and he'd sit at the table and sign them. And so did Ace and Vinnie Vincent and Bill Coyne, you know, and then boo-boo-boo-boo, things change. And now, you know, the shit. That ain't happening. Well, you know? yeah, uh, Nico, can you can Greg did a good job talking about that. You know how how he started his zines and how it was so much fun. But then '96 things really changed for fanzines and getting access and being permitted to do stuff. Then obviously that '96 was also the advent. Of the internet, but, but, which well, started let me, to change. Let me, let me interject here, though. But Nico took great advantage of that. Remember well, your four cover of after Tiger Stadium, you had four separate covers on uh, on that strike. That was Gerard. That was Gerard. I thought that was you. It was my. He was uh, the director of of my club in Austria. Yeah, but that he was produced, all strike. He though. produced those magazines. Okay, but those were all strike, though. Yeah, he came yeah, out. Well, I mean, yeah, but he created them. He used my name. I mean, he used my name. It was his name as well because he was uh, the director of uh, my fan club in his country. So he he actually put them together. I don't I don't get credit for them. He took he took a credit. Of, uh, he yeah, became but that's a, kind of what I'm talking about, though. You took a, a you made again when some people were it was a little bit harder. You like. You made the best of it, though. I mean, those were great issues. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, uh, money-wise, I was never really lucky <laughs> because uh, because there was the time to make money, and a lot of my friends became millionaire or rich. I mean, Gerard really made a fortune be between key story books, uh, uh, key expos. And, uh, you know, he organized all that. He really made a fortune. Oh, yeah, uh, the European ones. 
Yeah. That is until uh, until myself uh, myself. The problem was that uh, when they started the reunion the year before in '95, I went to the the tour in Australia, and I fell in love, and it was a kiss. <laughs> I remember that. And as you know, and as I keep saying, money for me are nothing. Doesn't really mean anything, even though. I knew that there was a golden time to take advantage of Kiss money-wise because you could sell a lot of things. I actually was in love with this girl and spent, instead of working, I spent time and money with her. So instead of investing money at the right time and spending a lot of time making more because that was the perfect time to make money, I, instead I was spending less time and investing less money in the band. The stupidest thing you could do if you think about money. <laughs> but I was never into money and uh, I've always followed my my feelings. So uh, I love the band, I spent 20 hours. Uh, if I, Even if I make 10,000 a month for Kiss, but I don't like any more Kiss, I stopped doing Kiss. It's like, a, it's not my case, it's just an hypothetical situation. What I'm saying is that uh, uh, when I fell in love uh, uh, and I really wanted to spend more time with her, well, then I, it didn't matter that I could make a fortune in that time, I would spend time with her. Uh, so so that what you say, that, that there was a great time for make money, yes, it was, and yes, I didn't take advantage of it, and I don't regret it either. And I would do it 10 times this because then I ended up with a wonderful son, which it's 18 now. And uh, and if I had to, you know, decision my son or maybe a million dollar because of the money coming in that period, still my son wins. Amen. <laughs> yep. so, so, you know, it's like, uh, you know, money it's really nothing. I mean, America, American usually make a big deal. Now the world is making a big deal about money, money. The media, everything it seems like it's money. But in reality, money is uh, is really nothing. Uh, it's just a mean. And, uh, and definitely happiness doesn't come from money. I mean, I could be happy. I was the happiest man working 15 hours a day, seven days a week. So... It's not money. I don't see any money. If I see money, it's uh, to keep working 15 hours a day. But I was the happiest man in the world. So you don't see any money. You just work. But if you do something that you like, that is way better than gold. So, you know, put so much interest in uh, I want to make money. But make something you like. That's way better. And so that's what I always did in my life. And now I'm a photographer, videographer. I do weddings and things. I love to do that too. And uh, and I don't do them to make money. Um, I don't really know where 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 I can make more money because I don't care. Uh, every time I when I had to stop the fan club because of my son, my question was to myself: What what job would you like to do? without having to travel a lot because of if I was keeping doing the kiss thing, I would have to travel a lot. And I didn't want to leave my son behind with all the traveling. So I said, I got to quit the kiss 
and I got to do something local. Okay, what what I like to do? And then I thought, well, the things I love to do the most in my life is when I'm in the pit or when I'm in the crowd with a camera and I take photos of kiss. That is my top. And so I'd say, well, let's get into photography. <laughs> if that's what you like the best. And that's what I did. And I am now I'm one of the best in Rome, by the way. And <laughs> I'd say in the world. Love but anyway, it. I say myself and I don't care. It's a, no, but I, I know I'm, I'm at the good level. I don't care even to be. It's a, it's, I don't even consider myself as a, you know, as my prof- my profession has always been a kiss. This is a side thing because I, I cannot do kiss. But but uh, but actually knowing all the top uh, photographers in Rome, uh, I'm, a, I'm at a good point. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, so I, uh, so back to the original thing, I didn't take advantage of that period. And also, I was not even upset of that period because, uh, as you say, the other guy was like, uh, oh, all of a sudden, nothing for the fun club anymore, uh, kiss is not available, uh, they don't let me do the things I, they used to let me do. I didn't really care about it actually but not that because i understand i mean uh you go from you come from uh, having lots of free time very few magazine interested in you uh, uh few concerts here and there few little tours to the reunion period where you do 250 shows in a year where you have uh, not magazine around you tv you know, you have interviews on TV all the time uh, and merchandise. You have all the company wants to deal with you. So how can you expect to have, you know, some room in that as a fan club? So I never I never was upset for this because they say, well, obviously, is it's uh, what, what they're going to spend time with me, you know, and not uh, give a TV interview nationwide. Obviously, so I didn't really care too much. I know it was not nice for me, you know, I, I wasn't getting attention, but uh, it was for a good cause. At the same time, we would have kiss everywhere. If you remember the reunion, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like finally, instead of insulting you for being a kiss fan, they would go like, oh, oh, you're into kiss. Oh, oh you did this, you did that. Wow, everybody kiss, kiss, kiss. So. And plus, you know, we knew Ace, Peter had to go through bankruptcy and stuff like that. When I saw the reunion, I saw, oh, finally, they're getting the money that they deserve. They're getting a, a, a better life. I was feeling sorry for for what Peter and Ace ended up uh, doing, you know, like uh, living normal life. I mean, they were my god. They are my gods. And if your god... You know, I had to struggle to 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 live. It's not it's not nice. Uh, I I like to think of them living a rich life, because because they care about money. <laughs> so, speaking, so you know. Speaking of uh, speaking of, of of also, because you got you're very unique. You got to know everybody. Um, can you speak a little bit about Bruce and Eric Carr and Tommy and Eric and 
Vinny, if you want, uh, you know, I know how the European thing ended. <laughs> or, or Mark. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, that too. Uh, Mark, but, Mark, I only met him once at the Atlanta convention. With, I, uh, I only uh, met, I met Mark twice, but I did get him to sign some stuff. So that was pretty cool. No, I, I, got, I got an interview with Mark uh, and, uh, and it was really nice. He was Fantastic. very soft-spoken. He was almost he, he shy. Was a, I remember it was a shy and sweet. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember as a general impression. And he was so great because he was the last one that I that, that I was going to meet. When I, when I met him, he was the last one. Once I met him, I was like, oh, my God, done. But, you know, uh, Eric, uh, well, Eric uh, Carr, obviously, uh was even sweeter than, than Mark. It was uh, was just uh, uh, art of gold that they was uh, walking with with foot. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just a, uh, a wonderful person. He, I, I, you know, he, he would all and plus, I mean, we were lucky that what he loved to do it was also what we love him to do. He loved to spend time with the fans. It just it's uh, it, it would uh, even if he had uh, time uh, time off instead of uh, uh, visiting the city or staying in the room he liked to go down in the lobby and find uh, kiss fans to talk to so you know and and it was one thing that I always like to say about Eric to just give him give the impression of how it was is that uh, uh, sometimes sometimes he would. <laughs> Uh, sometimes he would just uh, uh, tell me, look, Nico, sorry to interrupt this conversation, but you see, there's other Kiss fans over there. They might get upset that I'm too long here sitting with you. So you mind if I go talk to them? <laughs> Obviously, go. So he would, uh, he would always look at how many Kiss fans are around and how should I share my time? Because I want to make everybody happy, not just... I like to talk to this guy. Uh, I don't care about the others. I do what I like. He more than what he liked to do. He only make sure that everybody was happy and everybody had a fair share of time with him. That everybody had any autograph they asked for. It, it felt like a uh, like a, the fan were actually his boss. You know, it's like. A, uh, it felt like uh, he owed us everything, maybe more so than he showed Paul and Jean, mm. uh, somehow. Uh, so he was very, very happy to stay with the fans. Plus, I, I think he really enjoyed the conversation. It wasn't just, uh, okay, I feel like I have to be five minutes with everybody. Let's do it. No, it was really, he was really uh, happy to... to Talk. I mean, with me, he would talk about Italian things because his parents were from Sicily. So, you know, he would tell me, oh, they would always speak uh, Italian. So with me, they would never teach me Italian. So that's why I don't know Italian because that was the secret language of the family. When there was uh, something that they needed to talk without the kids knowing, they would talk Italian. <laughs> and so they made sure that the kids never learn Italian just so they could have a... a a secret language they could use at home. So, you know, little things, but, uh, you know, that was a very, that was, that's what happened in my family too. 
I I swear to God, it could be. And my grandmother said we didn't. And I'm not saying this for for political reasons, but my grandmother said we wanted you to be Americans. And that was important to them because they were from Italy. And my father and they're like, we don't. Which to this day, I'm bummed because I wish I. But that's uh, that's even strange because uh, I went through the same exact situation with my son. Because I was in Australia, and uh, but on the other hand, I did a different thing. I wanted to make sure that he learned Italian, because because uh, because uh, uh, I said everybody else speaks English to him, the mother, the friends, everybody. You know, with me, I want to talk to him in in Italian. Plus, uh, when he was very little. He would understand. He wouldn't talk. He was very little. So why would I have to speak a different language than my own? So I would speak Italian to him. <laughs> then, little by little, he learned. Yeah, again, when he wanted to talk to me, talk Italian. And when he would talk to the mother or the others, talk in English. So he, at one point, he was speaking both languages, like turn around to me and speak Italian, then turn to the mother and speak English, which... Yeah, so easily. I, I wish we would have had that, you know, but again, it, it was, you know, when you come from another country, especially assimilation was so important to them. Um, and you know, the assimilation school. What's that? I mean, in school, you would get all the assimilation you want in school. I, they they didn't friends. see it that way because I, I mean, I talked to my grandmother about that a lot. And she was like, we, it was very important because like my dad and my grandma, and my grandfather, they would all talk Italian when if they were talking about something they didn't yeah. want us to know about. And, I, you know, but I kind of always felt cheated. You know what I mean? Because I would have loved to have, you know, especially when you're a kid, it's easy because you, you know, I you grasp, what's that? Didn't you grasp the, Eng- the, the language? Didn't you get the meaning of what they were saying? Uh, even t- just by, you know, what's funny more so when I was because you again, when you're younger, you pick up on stuff is as I got I'm 55 now I you know but I, I re- remember little things because my, my grandma would you know some things you know happy fun stuff you know what I mean oh yeah you know, yeah to shut up and you know st- you know st- stuff like that yeah, yeah. but you know I don't know anyways uh <laughs> less less talk about that more kiss talk so like yeah. uh, you know like bruce and, and and eric singer and and tommy thayer what are your uh... oh okay yes yes let's talk about everybody else uh bruce uh, bruce is always a uh, nice available friendly uh, but on the other end he's got his personality that when like say he was on tour he usually was with some girlfriend or wife and so he preferred to spend time uh, uh on his own with her, obviously. And uh, plus, I think, uh, you know, uh, I don't think he he, uh, he liked as much as Eric would uh, to to spend time with the fans. So he would come down, sign everything, chat, but he's more uh, a discreet person. Uh, so he wouldn't really, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's just a matter of uh, character. Because there's something that, you know, being rude, there's something being, uh, uh, you know, uh, not silent as a nature. You know, like uh, Tommy as well. It's very, you know, he, he say what he needs to say, you know. Uh, he, you know, it doesn't really go uh, into chatting, chatting, just 
by the sake of saying something. So it's very, and I mean, it's, at the end, uh, Bruce, Tommy, they're, they're, they're all very, very super nice person. I mean, uh, most of the band members are, except for Vinny, as we're going to be mentioning soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were you were on that European. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few words about this. <laughs> uh, you know, so when you don't know, you know, you make people, you make fans stop loving you when you when you treat them that way. But anyway, so uh, all the others, I mean, uh, Tommy's, Bruce, always top professional, uh, fantastic person, very caring, understanding. Uh, uh, perfect you know Eddie Carr was a different just as a character he was as nice as Bruce and Tommy but obviously he, he enjoyed spending time it's like Eric Singer as well I mean uh, uh, until up until recently changed a bit uh, but he used to love uh, uh, go out after the show with the crew more than with the band because uh, because he felt there were more uh, uh, people of his, uh, you know, of uh, his, let's say, level or uh, his uh, environment, uh, uh, you know, that he would just be more relaxed with, you know. Uh, that we got to consider when uh, when the new guys, uh, all of them, joined the band, the four original were already gods, millionaire, uh, uh, that lost probably touch with with uh, normal life but the new members were just uh, you know more nor more regular people than uh, uh, super uh, hero uh, rock stars well you know and and to that i mean you got to keep in mind especially with tommy yeah he was a musician he was in black and blue but for many years prior to becoming the lead guitarist, he was tour manager, road manager. I mean, I, that was the time yeah. I was working with Kiss. And I, I remember, you know, all the way back to the, the convention tour, Tommy was the guy I would call to get something, access to something, answer something. If, if I needed something from them because I was working on a project, Tommy was the guy I would call when I was doing Kiss Online. If I wanted to arrange an interview with Gene or Paul after a show on the Psycho Circus Tour, I called Tommy and arranged it through Tommy. I remember the first tour where he was in the band, and I did an interview with Tommy. It was very odd for me because I didn't see him yet as the lead guitarist in Kiss, even though that's what he was. He was still the guy that I was just talking to all the time about various things, or he'd call me and go, Mike, can you get this? Can you reach out to that person? So there's a perfect example of somebody who came in, and, and, I, and I remember in my interview trying to get him to talk about that, of like, how did it feel to go from one day being the person arranging interviews to the person giving the interviews? I mean, that's yeah, got to be a mind twist to some extent. Yeah, but also we got to consider that the four originals, they were like, uh, you know, uh, 
hooligans or yeah. you know people with you know that uh, they just uh, they just love rock and roll and 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 uh, and love the idea of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, crazy life. Well, two of them they... love the drugs. <laughs> One sex, <laughs> Paul rock and roll. No, exactly. anyway, no. But the story is that uh, you got totally four different, uh, totally different backgrounds from the original and the new one. The new one, when Kiss wanted a new member, they want to make sure they're the professional. Yep people around them, especially because they went through Peter and Ace uh, going overboard with drugs and alcohol, uh, not caring, uh, having a rock and roll uh, life when they needed to think about business. Gene Gene and Paul didn't want to have to fire somebody again, didn't want to have somebody quit for whatever their reasons were for quitting. They wanted two reliable, dependable Mature, responsible musicians. Especially when, uh, when actually Vinnie Vincent, let's talk to him, came about. Because maybe Eric Carr, no, maybe Eric Carr was a, a professional. You tell him what to do. He followed. Uh, he does things. It's uh, uh, polite, don't bother, and, and does the job that they want. Then when, it, when they wanted one that was more... Uh, more of a rock star, they got Vinnie Vincent, and Vinnie was a, a rock star. In fact, probably as a as a stage character, besides Ace, uh, Vinnie Vincent was more of a of a, a wild animal character, one that he didn't care that he was the replacement of Ace. He was just, uh, you know making his own uh, statement when he was playing. And he was uh, not trying to fill the shoes of Ace, but just, uh, you know, establish himself, which I, I loved him as a character on stage because he had a strong personality and he would come up with, with great things like, uh, I don't know, the solo with the sword or uh, running and uh, doing things that they were his own things. And uh, and it was great that way. But then when you deal with uh, with a rock star, uh, you also get the the problem of a rock star, the temperamental. Uh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh, those things, uh, uh, you know, only the four original can afford to <laughs> to be to be doing it because they created the band. But if you get into a band and they needed a professional who does a job. You cannot just go drugs, uh, uh, alcohol. Well, I can't you know, let, I let, let, let's let's also no, be honest. Per- let's be honest with with Vinny. Prior to him being in Kiss, he was nobody. I mean, and and I'm, I understand he played in other bands, but he was never a superstar prior to Kiss. Made Vinny Vincent a name musician, so he honestly didn't have the right to act like a rock star so quickly because he was just becoming somebody in the rock world. And he, 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 he didn't, he never understood you can't become a bigger rock star than Gene and Paul in their own band. That would never happen. 
I think Vinny had the same attitude that Ace had. Ace was nobody when he became when he joined the band, but he had the the feel of a rock star. Right. And uh, and Vinny has the same feel. It's just that he didn't realize that you cannot have that feel if you join in a band that was already. If you were hired, if you were hired to be exactly. in the band, you can start your own band and do that. Yep. But not in somebody else's band. You cannot have their role in somebody else's band. Which, as I said, uh, for live, uh, for what we would see as a fan, I think it was great. Because you would get, uh, you know, and somebody else on stage besides Ace who had a strong personality who could, uh, you know, not make you forget Ace, but think about uh, a different persona, a different, uh, uh, a new member not replacing member, but really a new member on his own. But that didn't go through. And uh, and they had, he had the problem uh, <laughs> that we know. Uh, so after Paul and Gene saw Peter leaving, Ace leaving, Vinnie leaving, they probably thought, okay, let's stop having somebody who's a rock star. Let's, have, let's call in the professional. <laughs> I mean, let's have somebody who doesn't live a rock and roll lifestyle. Somebody who knows how to play and uh, it's beneficial for the band and doesn't make us uh, have headaches every time. And, uh, you know, because they, I know that they felt that they always say, like babysitting Ace or Peter, and they just wanted to work in the band. They didn't want to do the job of Peter or Ace because they wanted to leave the rock star. So they needed somebody who were, you know, thinking the same way as them. So they were professional. They got other people professional. So they got Bruce uh, and everybody else pretty much was professional. And, you know, and that's uh, the way they like the band. Uh, I mean, obviously everyone has got this different opinion. I, I always like uh, the idea of the four original when they were crazy. And and that's what made me fall in love with the band. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the reason why we became Kiss fan is uh, is because of the four original. They were doing crazy things. We, sure, we yeah. hear magazine things, uh, you know. They, 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 they look like nobody else. Crazy thing. Great music, wild rock and roll, uh, the energy. First, first, you know, people like. Sitting and play perfect. For as much as people say Kiss is contrived, I say the complete opposite. Totally organic. They 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 built that whole thing up without a template. You know, they they kiss like Paul says in his book. There was no book on how to be kit. No one. I, you know, the other day I was looking at those. Uh, I think Warren Abbott pictures when they were walking through Central Park and you know the spring of '74. Who the fuck were they? I mean, they're walking through, you know, and they get their full, you know, their full first costumes and everything. And, you know, those were where the old lady stops them, you know, when they're yep. walking through Central Park. And you got to imagine the audacity because they weren't on stage. You know what I mean? They And if you remember, you know, that was there's people out in coats and they're just especially Peter. He's just wearing his leather vest. That had been very uncomfortable. I mean, it had to been cold. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, those guys bought into it. I mean, 
That's what I, it was so genuine. And, and I think that reflected all the way up until, you know, really they got fat and fed and, you know, by dynasty, they were just a bloated, you know, and it's funny too. I just recently just talk about the dichotomy between 74 and 79. I, I was just listening to some, some bootlegs that I have from the dynasty tour and there were some pretty rough fucking shows. But if you go back earlier, just a couple of years earlier, man, they were on fire. They were, they were just, you could just tell, boy, the dynasty tour, especially Peter. And I don't mean to beat on a, you know, a dead horse, but you know, that was really when the wheel started coming off and you could just tell listening to them. They, you know, and they didn't even need a big stage at the time. If you think about, it. I mean, they had probably the biggest stage of any other band of the time, but still, the live show where was the energy, not the 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 special effects that the, that they have now. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's way way more powerful a '75 show. Yeah, you're, and, that's exactly and, it. it and now, because because of course they didn't have much then, but they had. Tons of energy. Yes, and the, the passion was now. Nice. Now they have uh, a massive stage, the best ever, but they don't have the energy they had in the seventies. So I would trade well, I mean, a million times a the seventy-five show than this one because at the end the show, yeah, is the stage, but more than the stage is the actual people on the stage that makes the the show. And Kiss was something then. Yeah, well, it's funny though too because I, I, I really think that Dynasty was, for lack of a better word, that's that's when they kind of stopped caring, or at least a certain segment did, and and that you know, for as much as I sometimes harp on Eric Carr playing too fast and everything, and I, if you listen to some of those Animalized shows and yeah, especially on the Asylum tour, those bootlegs, I mean, he's playing a million miles an hour, and it's it, it kind of loses the groove, but I, I, for pure sloppiness, though, I think the Dynasty tour was that was like the first time it was. I, I started listening to those, uh, you know, yesterday and and today, and I was like, God, you know, because if you put on like you know like a '77 show or a '76 and stuff, you go back. It, the energy was the energy level was so high, and they were they were just playing their asses off. Especially Peter, go back and watch him on uh, you know that 76. 76. Oh, he's a monster on that show. He's on the drugs. Go, go watch him on the <laughs> Dynasty tour. He's like, is that the same guy? You know, he just is just it's just weird. But anyways, that's the fun part about Kiss. There's so many. Anyway, you know, so talking about Vinny. Yeah, let's 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 not forget I, about Vinny. And well, the, the, you probably, I think Alex told you about something yep. uh, uh, about the European tour. Well, I know exactly everything that happened there because I was in direct well, touch with Gerhard almost Gerhard. crazy, you know. And uh, and unfortunately, uh, I got to meet somebody who was uh, it was very bad person. I mean, Vinny could be as talented as you as you want. But when you are a bad person, then uh, all that talent goes in the second uh, second uh, part. Because, you know, now I, I see Vinny, I see a person I don't like. 
it doesn't matter if he impressed me with uh, Tenen's solo and does old stuff. Uh, he, 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 he lost my attention in the minute that I realized he's a bad person. Why is a bad person? Well, we know what he did. He tried and push, sell uh, uh, fake stuff to the fans and charge them uh, overboard. Uh, with Gerard, he made uh, uh, loads of uh, agreements on what he was supposed to do. And he kept changing all the agreements to his liking. He would abuse uh, uh, getting champagne, French champagne, and not caring when he was not supposed to, getting airplane flights where he was supposed to be on the bus. He, he would like, uh, you know, you don't do these things. I mean, that is not nice things to do to people. Doesn't matter if you've been in Vincent or whoever. Uh, you cannot be such a bad person, uh, taking advantage of everybody, of everything. And uh, so, you know, really, you know, whatever. As I said, if I got to judge him from uh, Creatures of the Night, lick it up, whatever he done on stage, uh, hands up. But I, I don't even want to see those things once I know who he is. So... You know, uh, no good words for Vinny and uh, and all this pathetic comeback. Uh, come on, it's like I mean, you gotta be a fool to believe him again, and that he's a nice guy. It's obvious. And plus, then uh, he made a comeback, but then uh, he came back to be Vinny Vincent and be the rip off Vinny Vincent, <laughs> not sh canceling shows and everything. So it's the it's the usual himself. A bad person, whatever you, all the little details of what he does, he's just a bad person. And uh, and that's all I want to say about him. And uh, I used to like uh, wanting to meet him. You know, if I see him on the street, I don't know if I'll go say hi or ask for an autograph. Probably not. <laughs> In fact, I actually saw him uh, uh, at, the, at, the, at the cruise before a show. He, he, and... Uh, I know he was in a certain room. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go say hi. It's okay like that. When I was uh, when I was putting the article uh, of the Kiss Convention tour out, after all he did to my friend Gerard and every other people around him, he had the boss to write, to write me a letter and say, Nico, please make me read the, the article before you print it in strike. And I answered him, I said, Vinny, I'm going to write what I saw. And I'm going to comment on what I thought it was right and what wasn't right. And you don't have to say anything about it. You read it when, you, when it comes out. And that's it. And that's, I closed my relationship with him right then. I mean, you cannot just uh, be an asshole and then... Uh, and then because you're Vinnie Vincent, uh, put everything under the carpet and pretend you're a nice person. So, you know, you're Vinnie exactly. Vincent. Don't act like that. Do it with the people you can. Definitely, I'm not the one who's going to cover your uh, your bad things. Uh, actually, I, I'm more of a guy that uh, if I see something wrong, I'm the first one who makes sure to tell everybody then instead of hiding it so you know that's Vinnie Vinci unfortunately we had one bad members out of all of them but one out of ten it's okay I mean it's a good average 
you can't expect we and, 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 and he was barely there anyway. Oh, and uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. I want to answer this. Ask me the question. <laughs> Ask you the question. Okay. All right. All right. And th- th- this is this is a good way to to end things here, Nico. Okay. So, do you think Vinnie Vincent saved Kiss? Well, what I think he done in saying that I liked him on stage. What I think he's done is ruining is ruined the band. He ruined the band. Not just didn't save the band. You're the he first person to actually say that. I that's pretty why sure. I wanted to say because I cannot believe nobody's mentioned this. Maybe out of uh, respect to Vinny, hmm, I don't know. But anyway, he ruined the band because. When it came about, uh, they did Creatures of the Night, and he contributed to some songs. The Creatures of the Night was already hard rock, really good hard rock with Eric Carr bashing his drums, and the sound was good. And it wasn't because of his Eddie Van Allen type solos that the songs were better. Actually, he ruined the band, the, the, the music of Kiss, because after that album that he contributed a couple of songs, he got in the band and he got even more power, not to ruin just a few songs on Creatures, but to ruin the whole Lick It Up album. All Lick It Up album is all, all his style, and doing so, Kiss uh, saw him as uh, somebody who could help him, and they gave him a little too much to do. And they lost what they were, their style. I believe that if Vinny wasn't there, Kiss would have made a much more hard rock than heavy metal album, if you can sense a difference. Mm-hmm. Of our- hard rock... Uh, Vinny pushed him more into the Van Allen, you know. But, Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, the... Yeah, those yeah. Kids, he, he, he made turn Kiss into that music. But the sound we like, without Vinny Vincent, a modern Kiss sound is the creatures of the night, uh, night modern sound. Because... Uh, because they made Christians of the Night without Vinny. I mean, Vinny was one of the ones who came in. They didn't think of him, oh, help us, help us, let's write off. He just made some songs, nice, whatever, but all the songs all together were really hard rock in a Kiss way that was really good. It was kind of like a, a trademark in new music from Kiss. Vinny Vincent pushed too much on his own pushed to, toward himself the band in a, in a way that the music changed way too much, way far from... Uh, from. In fact, if you listen to uh, then uh, Animal Eyes, was less than that, less than, uh, than what Vinny... You could see that Vinny wasn't there anymore. And the sound was, I think, way better than Lick It Up. But, but it's but it still... I mean, with Mark St. John, it still had the fast guitar playing. Exactly. I, 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 I know what you're saying, because I feel like 
when the, a, after going through Vinny and Mark St. John, they realized that guitar style is not suitable for Kiss. That's and not. they brought Bruce in, who was much more attuned to being closer to the original Kiss guitar sound. Because let's all, let's all remember, we fell in love with Ace Fraley. And Ace Fraley is not a bumblebee guitar player, never has been, never tried to be, never pretended to be. You know, if if you want to say anything, it was more blues-based, more bluesy-based. And that was gone when you had Vinny and Mark St. John. Exactly. So Vinny was also a sign of the times, too. No, no, you're 100% right. And and they admitted it. I mean, I think Gene and Paul have admitted it back then that they, they wanted to get a guitar player in that was going to keep Kiss fresh with the times but i think looking back they probably they realized that that wasn't what we are about that's not the sound kiss was about we don't like that it didn't fit with us whatever it is so they went to somebody who was going to be not subdued but somebody who was less you know plain bumblebees i think, I think the best the best thing uh, would have been for them to get anton fig and bob kulik when when Ace and Peter was gone, and Anton Fig was almost there, through Ace was told, close. Yeah, was very close, and Anton Fig had a very very good uh, drumming, very similar to Peter, or closer to Peter than Eric Carr was. Mm-hmm. And Bob Kulik, I mean, uh, he played already on uh, on a live too. Uh, his sound uh, was not too far from the Ace. Well, they, they also asked him to play in that style, though, too. You know, okay. when he was, you know. Yeah, okay, probably changed a little bit to get into the style, but he wasn't too far away with his own style. And I think uh, having, uh, having uh, Anton Fig and Bob Kulik also, you would get two people that wouldn't look to young new members. They would all look pretty much a similar age, with which would make the band look more... Uh, believable more uh, uh, you know more the same uh, same same era same same age so i think uh, Vinnie vincent was uh, eric Carr, you know you know was was totally different from from peter but he was still uh, keeping the rocking of kiss going and creatures is an example uh, but Vinnie vincent was the one who totally uh, got the band, uh, you know, in a total different direction, which wasn't uh, something that I liked. So Vinnie Vincent ruined the band, not didn't save anything. He actually came and he was uh, <laughs> the the worst uh, guy in the band. <laughs> he, he had the worst sound uh, for Kiss. You know, what else he could do wrong? He was... <laughs> He was, you know, fighting but, but, with Paul and he rest. was a great songwriter. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> the enthusiasm in Nico take, there. Take, he take wrote eight eight away. I mean, uh, get up and wrote. Let him write with, just with the pen and. Uh, I mean, no, I, I mean, I, I, I've always said that he is a great songwriter. I mean, even Gene admits Vinny's a great songwriter. His playing is a whole nother thing. If he's left to his own ability, I can't stand. Okay, we found the one great thing about Vinnie Vincent. No, you're. I, I, I think he's songwriting. He, he's a great <laughs> songwriter. Is, is a failure. 
he he Sorry, can't Amy, he, but... his 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 own personal style of guitar playing. First of all, that style of guitar playing just isn't popular anymore. It never fit Kiss, and he was never going to be able to allow Gene and Paul to subdue and control him inside of Kiss, because you know I get what you're saying about Lick It Up, but if you compare Lick It Up to the first Vinnie Vincent solo album, world of difference between those two. And at least in Lick It Up, you can hear Gene and Paul trying to restrain him or some. Yeah. And when exactly. when when that restraint was lost and it was Vinny's own band, it exploded like a freaking hornet's nest all over yeah, the place. We, was I, still, I still, you know, I, I say what you will. To this day, Kiss still plays. I love it loud. And lick it up at every show. Sure. And that's two more song cr- credits than you'll see on any tour night in you know now uh, that that Bruce Hewitt. No, and, no, and I, look, you, I love Bruce. You're 100 percent right. Saying. Songwriter is fine. I mean, he, he, we said he's got only one thing on his side: his songwriting. Oh, at least. Yeah, but if you don't have the song, I, I didn't say you, have, you don't have anything. And that's always been my thing. Yeah, I, 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 I want to be crystal clear about this. I'm not a Vinnie Vincent Invasion fan at all. Matter of fact, I have a story that I returned the second record. I thought it was so bad. Um, first one's okay. Boys are going to rock. Obviously, we know that that morphed into a couple different things. But I always would have loved to have had that been a Kiss song because I actually like that song a lot. I also hate the way his... That stuff is just so thin and terrible. But, but, he wrote eight of the ten songs on Lick It Up. He wrote a couple really good songs on Creatures. And when I, whenever I talk about his songwriting, it's not, it's only within the confines of Kiss. I only enjoyed Vinnie Vincent within the confines of Kiss. And I know I'm in the minority on this, or at least I think I am. I enjoy his playing on like the Rio show and the few bootlegs that are, that are out there. I, I actually do. I, I, it's just like a nice breath of fresh air, especially to somebody who listens to as, as many bootlegs as I do and have, you know, I, I like hearing that. I, I, I also think that his style was more, at least, you know, during those couple of years of lick it up and, and creatures of the night, you know, he was, kind of channeling his Jeff Beck stuff and 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 I and I I I, I, I dig it and to be honest those are some of my favorite bootlegs to to listen to um they're just cool you know I I, I dig them but yeah as far as him as a solo artist and all that, oh, I hate the and just just doesn't... you should have just keep writing songs for people but, but you know, Nico, to your very original point, he wanted to be a rock star. You are not going to become a rock star if you're just a songwriter. Yeah, you're always going to be unknown, behind the scenes, nothing more than a name on a small credit, and that's it. But again, yeah. he's, got, he had, he's got great talent great talent as a songwriter you know he just can't be left to his own as a as a guitar player that's yeah. the problem 
Okay. So anyway, anyway, we now have this the title for this week's episode. Nico from Kiss Strike. Quote Vinny Vincent ruined Kiss. <laughs> so bad. Okay. I, I tell you what, Nico, it's been a couple hours. We gotta we gotta wrap her we up. We gotta feed Mark. Yeah, yeah. You know you know the routine. Yeah, what do you want to plug? What do you want to plug? Well, that was Liz. Liz came down. I'm sure you caught me about 15 minutes ago when you she walked down right when you started answering a question. I had to mute myself, and she did the hey, um, we got food upstairs. When do you want me to eat? (laughs) Yeah, like it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, well, I I wrap it up quick, even though I was gonna. But anyway. Nico, one, you can come back anytime. I've uh, this is the okay. most fun I've well, had. I got a couple of good news for me, especially because I'm I'm probably getting back to the Kiss World again. <laughs> so, nice. so uh, I started the, reorganizing the merchandise. I will be selling it, and uh, it's already up the site. Maybe I don't know if you put the link. I'll send you a link. Yeah, we will. We'll post and, the link. Uh, and, and more than anything, I'm actually finally scanning the negatives that I shot all those years. I reached now the revenge period. And I was, I was scanning today the Italian promo tour uh, of revenge. So it takes a long time. I can only scan two, three films a day because I'm doing top, uh, top level scanning. But uh, I wanna, uh, once, once I do all the scanning, I will be coming up with a book. So awesome. I want to say it here. Is it gonna first. is it gonna take five years to make that book? Oh, it could be it could be. All I'm all I, all I'm gonna do is not collecting money from people. <laughs> <laughs> somebody we know. That's and, pretty uh, stuff. And I don't I don't really know uh, already what I'm gonna be doing uh, or doing a book for each area. And maybe many books, or or just wait and do one book at the end, or I, I really don't have ideas. I'm I'm actually at this time working on the title or what. Um, one thing only that I'm sure I'm going to be doing, and I'm going to get all the stories that I brought in strike of all the tour uh, tour uh, reports. Those ones I'm going to rewrite them and add in stuff, and uh, so I'm going to put all the tours that I followed. Everything that happened on those tours, and that that would be the the actual text. How, 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 how about actually putting digital versions of Strike online so we can go back and look at all the old issues? Yeah, that could be that. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, you know going through my my Strike now. I can actually do that, and uh, and basically I wanna I wanna collect. Everything I did on strike and everything I didn't write because I was minding my kid, but I follow other tours since uh, 2001 when it came out the last issue. Uh, so everything I did before 2001 and everything I did since, I want everything collected in a book with basically the stories of what I did on those, what Kiss did, but also my, uh, you know, feelings yep. of of all those tours, and uh, and also put all the photos out. I don't know if uh, it will take one book, two books, whatever. But I definitely want to start with a with a with a great one, and I really want to hope that it will be out with Kiss, because because as as we were saying before, I mean uh, it's not that I want to make money, you know, instead of them. Actually, 
I, I don't care what was what is going to be the deal with Kiss if they will be happy to release it officially with the logo, with their, uh, you know, uh, presenting it or whatever. If they can uh, have it out with their support, that will be my first goal. So once uh, it, it will take time, a long time, and let's, it's not something quick. But when I will get something solid, almost done, I will not print 1,000 and then go to gin. <laughs> <laughs> so you learned your lesson. I learned my lesson. I will actually send them a, a rough first uh, copy and uh, and we'll try and work with them a deal to publish it as a, as an official book. I don't know. This is uh, this is the first time they're hearing this because they don't <laughs> even know. They will hear it from your show. Uh, <laughs> it will be something we'll be talking for a long time with them. But that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm doing. Uh, so I'm back in Kiss. Um, besides my wedding photography uh, and video. Uh, on the side, I got my scanner and scanning constantly. Uh, as soon as it's done, it's done. I don't know if I will make some pages and release them on the internet before I even print. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's just something new to me, too. So I got to come up with a solid idea. and uh, But I will keep everybody updated on my website. Uh, and, uh, you know... So everybody will know. Ego, Ego, what is your website? Give it out. It's a, it's a reportage, and they will say the link because it's a, it's hard. It's reportage.it is the actual web that I use for wedding because it's a reporter, and I'm the ace of the reporter. Here, here. Let, I, so, I'll, I'll spell it out for here. So www. R e p o r t a c e dot i t. So www report ace dot i t. So well, and then it's a backslash kiss and backslash merchandise. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so <laughs> if you only do reportage dot i, if you only write uh, reportage dot i t, you end up to the wedding photos that I took. There are some kiss ones, but you know. Okay. But for merchandise, you get there. Or in my Facebook page, Nicola Ciccarone. I will also update there. And uh, and uh, you know, I can wait. I'm looking forward. But now I'm back. I mean, all this year I was away from it. Now I started opening boxes, pulling out stuff. Uh, I'm thinking of something. So I don't know. I'm always the one who never care of deadlines. I care about the quality product. So when it will be that I think it's perfect, then it's when it will be released. I don't care when. I mean, it's only something to live uh, as a witness of what I did in my life and uh, and to share all the photos that otherwise will be lost in some uh, box. So, yeah, that that's just something I wanted to say. That's and very I'm, exciting because you had such great access, especially during the Revenge Tour. You know, I, uh, those are I'm the best. seeing stuff that I don't even remember I've done. So, and I say, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe. So I, it, it's so exciting. And probably I, every day I would print something. Uh, so, you know, so people see what I keep doing and, uh, you know, so to keep it alive, to keep people giving me ideas also. Uh, but I, you know, I want to, I want to do it. So I'm, I want to be back doing kids stuff. So. 
Well, whenever you want to check in, you know, and help, we'll spread the word as much as you need us to, you know, keep us updated on progress. Nico, you know, you're always welcome back. All you have to do is say, Mark, because yep. guys, just so you know, I've been bugging him for years. He's like, what am I going to talk about? No, no. I, was ready. I was ready to come up with something. Uh, otherwise, just to come here for nothing, it didn't feel good. But then I said, uh, who cares? Let's do it. Maybe this will be a push for me to be faster and doing things. So thank you guys for, uh, you know, giving me this chance. Uh, and it's always a pleasure to hear you. Nico's an awesome guy. I mean, we've both known him. So genuine. So, so genuine. yeah, I mean, just, you know, his story is so typical of not, I shouldn't say every fan, but a fan who got in, ended up in the position he is just started doing it because he loved the band and it just moved and grew and grew and grew it just goes back to show do something because you have a passion for doing it not because you've got some greater plan to conquer the world make money interview the band whatever no just do it because you love it and everything else will follow suit it will if you keep doing it and you don't stop that passion you will get recognized for it eventually. All right, so we're going to do a quick wrap-up and then the beginning. Because I did want to mention the Left for Dead. We're, we're already wrapping up right now. Oh, are we? Yes. Oh, Pay attention. We this is right. what, Okay, this is what happens when Mark needs food. That's right. So, 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 so um, homework for this week. Did you subscribe to Kiss Strike? Do you have issues? What would you think of it? I mean, it was, in my mind... It wasn't a fanzine. It was a magazine, especially the later issues where it was full size, glossy color, multiple languages. It was a magazine about Kiss, not just a fanzine. And that's one of the things that's super exciting about his photos. Guys, he had access that really few people did. They... Like I said during the episode, I've been with Nico when he's seen the band, you know, recently. They love him. You know, you can just see the passion because they recognize he was a guy, you know, that, again, you know, spoke a different language. And, you know, 10 years later, he's running the arguably the biggest Kiss fanzine and, you know, working all those hours. And and he's just a special guy. And the fact, again, like I said, he had he had access that few people did during a time when not a, you know, Kiss wasn't at their apex in the in the revenge tour. Let's be honest. So, you know, people like Nico always had the camera with them and always snapping pictures. And that's an exciting time if you're a Kiss fan. Yep. I mean, I was for me, that was very much like creatures in many ways. It's like they're back. You know what I mean? They were they they were really, you know, playing tough hard rock and I don't know, just that passion was back to, to me. I, yep. I, I I look I'll, everybody who watches the show knows I you know, the eighties stuff, eh, you know. But boy, they when when Revenge came out, and which I always attribute though, that started really on a Hot in the Shade tour, not the record so much, but they started getting their balls back again uh, on the Hot in the Shade tour, and it it really you know came into a climax on the on the Revenge tour. It, yep. it for me as a Kiss fan, and and that also goes to the to the point of I I always say, yeah, the makeup and the trappings, it's all fun and everything, but. When if you went to those revenge shows, you knew exact you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
they were back. Yeah. They were they were fucking aggressive they hard rock. Hung, they were hungry. They were they'd finally really gelled. Everything was everything was going great. I mean, and there was a nice mix of new and old. I mean, you know I, 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 mean? I, I it, this could lead into a long conversation, so we don't want to go there. But man, I wish there was three or four more revenge albums. And Me I don't too. consider Carnival Souls a revenge album, but if they just kept that revenge, whatever, but the music industry wouldn't have allowed it to happen. Those South America shows from 94 are incredible. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it have been great to see a tour of the Kiss Revenge lineup with Pantera opening? That would have been a freaking smash-your-face tour. Yeah, great, uh, certainly great stuff. Yeah, so so, so you 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 got your homework. Um, you know what to do with it. Real quick mention, just to remind everybody, the Left for Dead CD is now available. You can go over to Amazon.com, search for Left for Dead. The album is LFD. And now you can order the CD on demand. Completely available now, and it's shipping because we've already heard from a few fans who've ordered it and gotten it. So I know some of you are purist when it comes to wanting the physical media go get it and thank you for the continued support let me tell you uh, we're very excited here in lfd land um and the reviews and everything and just the positive comments means the world thank you yep um if you're watching us on youtube hit the red subscribe button if you're listening on spotify follow us and if you're on itunes subscribe and leave a review and a rating we greatly appreciate it that's it. Uh, we who's? Let me check real quick because I think our guest I think we have a really cool Ooh, guest. Oh yeah, we got a musician joining us uh, next week. So this is going to be a really fun Kiss Geek podcast episode next week. Not that they all aren't, but next week will be really cool. And like I always say, no one can complain. Fuck today's two hours. Nothing. Nothing but, but kiss. kiss. Nothing so, but kiss. So no there you go. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. We'll see everybody next week. Love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks. Download your free free copy of the KISS School of Marketing. 11 Lessons I Learned Working with KISS. The number one downloaded business book on Noise Trade. Go to books.noisetrade.com slash Michael Brandvold. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. So you love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.